Chasing down family mysteries can be time-consuming and exhausting. I have found that only one thing can give me the pep that I need. That's the Inner Spirit Elixir from Strive. My cousin Jake turned me on to this. Half energy drink, half day spa. One drink is filled with healing Stravunga that will give you the energy you need. For more information, find your local Strive dealer. You'll recognize them by the Strive logo on their vehicles and the smiles on their faces. That's the Inner Spirit Elixir from Strive. <laughs> Hi, this is the Malady... The... Hey! Hi, it's Malady. This is Malady. Um, hi? Uh, hey. Hey there, I'm Sullivan Forrester, and this is the Malady Podcast. A look into the Forrester family's odd, adventurous, and sometimes monstrous history. Every episode will build on the last as I search for answers while digging for my roots. This week on the show, I'll be continuing my exploration of the life and times of my great aunt, Margaret Forrester. A book. It is amazing how books are all the same, well, basically the same. They are rectangular in shape, made of paper. The titles go in the same place. The format is similar on the inside. Title page, table of contents, words. In essence, all books are the same. But they are as different as can be. What they hold inside could be different. Different worlds, different languages, different lives. In this book, one that I just received in the last will and testament of Maggie Forrester, my great aunt, I hold my family, my entire family, connected by lines and names and dates. It's the entirety of the Forrester family, back to apparently the first two people to marry and get busy. On the cover is a symbol an angular middle enclosed by waves. It's embossed, sort of. It's in bas relief. The Forrester name in words in Latin is right underneath it. Sanguis est ignis. I'm not a Latin expert, so I called my cousin, Gilbert. You there, Gil? Hey there, Sally. When Gilbert and I were kids, I used to pretend that we were the heads of a private investigation firm. It's one of the reasons I started studying journalism. I even made little business cards with Gilbert and Sullivan Investigations. Please, don't call us that. Gilbert and Sullivan Solving Crimes. You know that's already a thing, right, Gilbert and Sullivan? <laughs> well, I do now. I didn't when I was eight and you were ten. So, no Gilbert and Sullivan. Nope. Now it's Gilvan. What do you think? I have no words. As well as growing up together, mostly Gil and I have something else in common. Care to tell them, Gil? Sure. Other than charity, which received the brunt of Aunt Maggie's fortune, Sullivan and I hold the distinction of being two of three people who received something in the world. I received a book. And I received the rest of our aunt's extensive library. Which makes sense, because you're a librarian. I I'm a librarian. 
I work with books. As librarians tend to do. And it's right there in the title in Latin. Oh, me thinks I sense a segue. And speaking of Latin... Ah, the crowd goes wild. Sanguis es ignis. The blood is fire. So, there it is. The mystery. A mystery. It's no winter is coming, but why would there be such an ominous phrase on a book containing our family tree? I asked around the family to see what everyone else had to say about this. We have a family slogan? This is my second cousin, Isa, short for Isabella. Wow, the blood is fire. Maybe we were firefighters. I mean, with a name like Forrester. Clever. I guess that explains why my mom always said that the Foresters have fire in their blood. She says that? Yeah, and then she follows it up by saying, the passion, but with an accent, so it's more like, the passion. What accent is that? Uh, The blood is fire. Orin Forrester, my great uncle, and Issa's grandfather, Maggie's youngest brother. He calls me punk, by the way. Punk, you always ask the best questions. Yeah, I've ever heard it before? Yeah, it sounds familiar. It sounds like something we used to say. To whom? Oh, whom? Punk, you look at her here with a little journalism words and who? Uncle Orin. Yeah, all right, I'll be serious. Well, uh, it used to be a thing that we'd inscribe on the gifts. You know, like old pen sets or graduations or, uh, or to be inscribed on family jewelry. Oh, like that old ring that Benny has. I'll bet you anything that's on there. Well, I have it on a, or what I have it. Oh, a lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. I can't think of a better place to have a slogan like that than on an old Zippo lighter. Guess so. Hmm. I mean, both a family slogan and a warning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the only more useful family slogan would be "Break in case of emergency." <laughs> um, could I hold on to this? Well, I'll do you one better. You can have it. It's yours. Really? Oh yeah. As long as you don't use to smoke drugs. Smoke drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know, like them marijuana cigarettes or cements. I won't smoke drugs, Uncle Oren. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You take care of it, punk. It goes on like that. Interviews with cousins, uncles, first cousins twice removed, great-great-aunts. It sounds familiar, but it doesn't really mean anything outright. Is it just our family's version of E Pluribus Unum? I guess it might be. Or is it something else? Are you going to tell them? What do you mean? I mean, this all starts with a gift. A tequeefing. (laughs) Don't say that too fast. Why? Never mind. It all starts with Maggie, and and I think that your audience ought to know. Do you? I do. Listen, I don't like all of this Forrester creepy stuff, but I think it's important. Why? It just is. Okay. What Issa was talking about was my great aunt Maggie. I guess I should start with Uncle Orin, her brother. Maggie, Maggie was a wild child. Like raised in the woods by squirrels? No, she just did what she wanted, you know, rebelled at everything. If there was a tradition in town, she'd just go ahead and break it. It's just her way. Well, when she was, uh, well, she couldn't have been more than 15 at the time. Uh, she, well, she got in a family way. Pregnant. Punk. Back then, we had a way of saying things. You remember that back in those days, we didn't just say pregnant. Any idea who the father was? Uh-huh. Yeah, she knew, but she didn't tell any of us. Well, back in those days, if a girl was in a family way, they were sent to a place. Like a home for wayward girls? Yes. Your Aunt Maggie went to one, but well, something happened. What? 
something went wrong. It was what? Uh, well, they called it a massacre. Well, someone came along in there and murdered everybody. Every woman, every child, everyone except for uh, except for Aunt Maggie. Yeah, she was the only survivor. And then they never found the killer. Years later, she returned and reopened the building as a sort of rehabilitation center for troubled girls. Well, more like a home. If a girl was having a problem or needed a place to stay, they'd, they'd go there. But, you know, I guess it was the biggest change I'd ever seen from one person. She went from being a kind of spoiled rebel to taking care of us as many as 40 young ladies at once. And that's how we spent our summers. Gilbert Forrester again. Every summer, you would help Aunt Maggie with the day-to-day of the home, and I would work in the library. Sometimes other cousins would come in and help out, too. Maggie never had any children of her own. Well, she never raised any children of her own. Yeah, that. So we would all join her. Me, Sully, Gretchen, Issa, Benny, Jake, and a million other Foresters. So what about the rumors? The rumors? Yeah, you know. Fine, just jump right in. Despite the fact that Almost all the young ladies who left the home returned back to society much improved, despite the fact that hundreds of women every year spoke about how they became important people. Judges, business owners, artists, educators. There were persistent rumors. There were persistent rumors. About? Every now and then, a girl would leave the home or not come back. Some of them would be found elsewhere, but a few would just... Disappear. Without a trace. So this started the rumor that Maggie was killing them. People started to say that she was the person who murdered all those people back in the day. She led the massacre, and now she was doing again, bit by bit. No one really believed this. Too much good came out of it until... The funeral. Issa again. I was unable to attend. I was too busy crying my face off at home. I had pretty much made myself sick. I was there with uh, other members of the family and the press and business owners and everyone and... This is where things get weird. There were demons. Demons. Issa is hilarious and has the tendency to exaggerate, but you should know that she's not joking. What? Demons. You don't expect me to- No, look, I know it sounds odd, but- But people died. We just- A bunch of weird stuff kept happening, and we had to do a ritual to- I swear to God, I am not making this up. There are witnesses. We had to basically- Close up the house. That last part that she said really quickly was, close a portal to hell. And there it is. Issa believes there were demons. I didn't want to bring this up too early because my research is into my own family history and not demonology. But I think it's important to at least let you, those of you who are listening, in on the story. It turns out, that Maggie Forrester was killing people. So, the original massacre was more like a demon picnic. Somehow, a gateway had been opened, and Maggie was the one who'd been keeping it closed. So she wasn't the one who killed all those people. No, but a blood sacrifice was needed every few years to keep it from opening again. And at the funeral... There wasn't anyone, so it opened again. Just a little, but we got it closed. So there you have it. My great-aunt was a murderer, but she did it to save more people. A sacrifice of one person... To save the world. Do you believe it? I don't know. But it sounds like her. She wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty if she thought it would help more people. It's just hard for me to believe that this was real. She was just a tiny old lady. I know, but... I was there. I mean, my mind has shut out most of the memories, but... It happened. 
There were these things. There's blood on the wall. We had to sing. What? what you, you had to sing? This is the first time hearing of this. It was part of the ritual. To close the gates. Now, Issa might come up with crazy reasons for chaos at a funeral. But Gil? Gil is not that kind of person. Demons? There. I guess there were demons. So, I don't want you to think that this podcast is going to be about demons. It's not. Or at least, I really hope it isn't. But I need you to know that this is how weird my family can get. We have poets, screen printers, pyramid schemers, serial killers, geniuses, and one demon slayer. Please just let it be one. Is it in the blood? This sickness? This malady? Let's find out together. Next time. Malady is produced by me, Sully Forrester, and Blackout Theatre Company, an Albuquerque-based theatre, film, and now podcast company. For more information, go to blackouttheatre.com. Malady is part of Blackout Theatre's 10th season, following the Forrester family and a curse that ties them together. New episodes every three weeks.